You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Welcome to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. You can also get us on YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Father Greg Sackowitz, the rector of the cathedral, and co-host Mark Teresi, executive director of the cathedral. How are you doing this morning, Mark? Good. Great weekend. We had a great weekend. I'm glad to be here. And same with me. And also, we have a great program lined up here on Catholic Chicago. Back by popular demand, Dr. Edward the Gordon, <laughs> and historian, lecturer, author, writer, great friend, very involved in cathedral, wonderful, beautiful wife, Elaine. And by the way, Dr. Edward Gordon, a blessed, blessed, happy 39th birthday to you today. 40. Oh, you're 40. <laughs> happy yeah, 40th birthday. Old. Happy 40th birthday to you today. And uh, maybe just for a moment for our listeners, or really our viewers, uh, explain that beautiful backdrop. Your well, background. you're looking at uh, Rancho Mirage in Palm Springs, California. Rancho Mirage is a little town right next to Palm Springs, which is also another little town. Is it a missionary so, territory? Uh, missionary territory? That's right. How did you guess? That's why they sent me out here. You're right next to a palm desert there. Now, now the the uh, this is the diocese of San Bernardino. Oh, sure. The pastor's the pastor's name is Father Greg. Oh, uh, and my his brother. birthday, Father Greg, was just a few days before your birthday, which you just had. So let's. Mm. You know, we're going to talk about that at the end of the program. Well, mine was the 20th. Yeah. Your lovely wife, Elaine, was the 21st. Yours is today right. and February 28th. Today. So a very That's blessed right. and happy birthday to you, uh, Edward Gordon. Thank but, you. Uh, Isn't your bishop a uh, Chicagoan? Isn't your That's bishop? That's right. Uh, bishop Alberto Rojas. Yeah, who's a Chicagoan. That's what a, right. What he a wonderful is... man. Our loss yes. was Chicago, was San, San, San Bernardino's yes, gain. Exactly. He's a tremendous, tremendous priest and bishop. And uh, Well, now, we always have started the program in the two years we've been doing this with you during COVID. We've been on much longer than that. We've always asked the opening question, Edward, if this were a ball game, which, by the way, baseball looks like it'll be delayed because mm -hmm. of the uh, negotiating being stalled between both sides, so probably will not yeah. start end of March. Uh, opening day, if COVID were a ball game, what inning are we in? Extra innings. Extra innings. Oh. Extra innings. Okay. Because so we don't know exactly when all this is going to reach the point of ending. But the good news right now is that the mask mandate is being lifted for Chicago. 
uh, and many of the restrictions are dropping in Chicago. And that's uh, very good news. And the reason why is the positivity rate in Chicago is one and a half percent. Is it one and a half percent? Well, that is sorry. I didn't realize it was that. I thought it was about three or four percent. So it's one and one and a half percent, much lower than here. Uh, in Riverside County in California. What is it in so, Riverside? So I don't know. Maybe I should get back on a plane and fly back to mm-hmm. Chicago. But I think I'm not going to do that yet. <laughs> the End weather, of April. Weather where you are is much better in California than Chicago. We've had our ups and downs, but it has not been a rough, rough, rough winter, but it's been about an average between cold and snow. And now, some people have said to me, Edward, get <laughs> used to the pandemic, get used to COVID. It's never going away. Is this really with us here to stay, but in smaller numbers now moving forward? I think that's probably a very correct statement. It's like the flu that we have to get vaccinated for every year. Now, remember, you have now 900 and almost 940,000 Americans have died from this in Chicago. Almost 7,500 Chicagoans died during since the beginning of this flu uh, pandemic. Uh, so what I think will happen is that uh, it will gradually now taper down, uh, but it's not going to completely go away. Now, the good news is the latest research shows that if you've had the three shots, you are probably now going to be safe. Now for people 65 and over, or those that have medical complications, a fourth shot may be needed once a year, but they may combine that with the annual flu shot if they can. So uh, these are all good, this is all good news, but I can't emphasize enough to your to our viewers and listeners today, that if you haven't, if you're 65 and over, make sure you get that third shot. Right now, not enough Americans have had uh, the third shot. And it's very important for older people to get that third shot. Right now, only 65% of all Americans are fully vaccinated. Uh, That's one of the lowest numbers of the major industrial uh, nations around the world. So we really need uh, to get more people fully vaccinated because you still have right now 2,000 people dying per day across the United States from COVID. Anyone who says to you, this is not important or this is a conspiracy or it's a myth. Or this is over. uh, Right. Or, or that this is infringing on demanding you get a shot uh, is infringing on your personal liberties. I would say to them, when you get in your car and you drive down the street and you go through an intersection and you have the green light, if someone just drove right in front of you and killed you because you're infringing on their personal freedom because it was a red light and I don't recognize red lights. So... Uh, you know, I am an anarchist. I don't believe in public safety. Well, this is has been the largest economic and social issue since the Second World War. 
millions of people around the world have died from this. Now, Ed, and go ahead. Go yes. Ahead. No. Go ahead. No. No. I was just going to ask you because you had mentioned early in the program that California's numbers are higher. Why, yes. why, why is that? What, what's going on there that's not going on here? Uh, I think there are a number of people here who have not been vaccinated. Oh, so that vaccination. Or are, are not fully vaccinated. Does that uh, limit, there are, does that limit your, yes. your and your wife's activities or are you pretty well, much? Well, we are wearing our mask. We're limiting. You know, we did go to a movie the other day, but there were only two other people in the theater. That helps. So we get it. We went at off times. There was no one else around. Mm. Uh, but we've been in restaurants, but we're fully vaccinated. We have no other uh, health conditions, uh, you know. And so, um, uh, you know, we take what I think are reasonable precautions. Okay. Ed, I have to ask the question of you, and that is uh, I have found in the last year three topics that can cause major fights among people, talk about politics, talk about vaccination shots, and mm-hmm. talk about the Bears Packers. Mm-hmm. Those are areas of fights. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah, and so I guess the question I have for you is, uh, you know, where I have all three shots, so does Mark, mm-hmm. so do you, and you, know, yes. you talk to people who are unvaccinated, no matter what you say to them, they have a response to everything, including I've heard people say to me, the whole thing is a hoax. The numbers have been fabricated. It's uh, Dr. Fauci's trying to raise money for himself. It's like this most incredible stuff. What is behind yes. people who just refuse vaccination? I just don't get it. Now, if you have a medical reason, I totally yes. understand and support that. Right. But say, like, well, you have, you have over freedom. 500 sites on social media spewing forth lies and propaganda. Uh, reports that are fallacious, studies that are inconclusive. Uh, the whole idea of conspiracy theory is ridiculous, simply because, you know, as a historian, I take a look at independent data from all around the world. When I report a fact to you, I want several sites who confirm mm-hmm. what is said. Now, l- listen to these numbers. The population of the U.S. is 3% of the world, all right? Now, we have had five, almost 6% of the cases and 16% of the deaths worldwide. 3% of the population and 16% of the, of the global deaths. Wow. What does that say to you? Well, it says to me that I'm free. No, it says to me a lot of people are reckless. Mm-hmm. Let's all get in a movie theater full of people and shout fire and see what we can do because we have freedom here. No, it's people who have no regard for public health. Now, there's always been anti-vaccine uh, against many things. Uh, polio, the flu shot. Uh, in 1918, uh, there was anti-masking going on in the major cities. Are you telling me a hundred years later we're still as naive and stupid as we were then? This has nothing to do with being a Republican, a Democrat, a liberal, or a conservative. Because it has been politicized, we have unnecessary deaths. Of the 940,000 Americans who have died, more than all of the wars, this is a real number. This is not a fantasy. 
Fauci didn't inter, did not introduce this. Uh, uh, maybe Trump is responsible because yeah. he accelerated the vaccines. Oh no, Trump isn't. Maybe uh, the current president is responsible. No, this is a worldwide pandemic. It's been going on. And folks, if you want to know the truth, it could happen again. Greg, why and don't you? Now at least we have a better way to come up with a vaccine. In 1918, there wasn't any vaccine. I just told you about how many Chicagoans died. In 1918, over 2% of the population died because there was no vaccine. And, and finally, it burned out. Well, there is a possibility of another pandemic. Hopefully, the current vaccines will handle it. If not, we will develop a new vaccine. Greg, I'm but gonna, it, it might excuse, happen. Excuse me, I, I, so I, you can deny. We can't deny it again. You want another million Americans to die from this? Greg, I, I wanted Greg to tell the story about his niece, who's the nurse. I mean, to make this real, to, it yeah, underscores. My, uh, yes. It underscores at exactly what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, my niece is uh, um, Allie, and she's at the hospital in Wake Forest. She's a yes, close to being a doctor, and she's volunteered in the intensive care area in the hospital there mm-hmm. for the last six months. And she said normally every intensive care bed is filled with COVID patients who are unvaccinated. So she had a case about mm-hmm. three weeks ago, a motorcycle accident, very severe. He came in. He waited 15 hours in the emergency room to get a bed because every bed was occupied by a COVID unvaccinated person and the motorcyclist died waiting for a bed in the ICU, could not get a bed because everyone was occupied by a COVID patient unvaccinated. And and many times in the last six months, these COVID patients have said to my my niece, could you please give me a vaccination shot? And she has to say, I'm sorry, it's too late. I'm sorry, it's too late. And so everything you're saying is so true. And you bring it down to a single life example, multiply that by the hundreds of thousands you're talking about. Exactly. And and you wonder why people don't get it. Mark, take us to break. Yes. WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. Catholic Chicago, or you can go to youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago with Dr. Ed Gordon. We're talking about where we've come, where we are going in terms of the coronavirus, COVID, and uh, hopefully... Uh, you're telling us some stories of hope and we'll continue with those stories when we get back. Please stay tuned. Okay. charities, we fight hunger in Chicago throughout the year. Our six regional offices in Cook and Lake Counties work together to offer sit-down and to-go meals to anyone in need. We deliver meals to those who are homebound, and our eight food pantries offer three to four days of food supplies based on household size. 
Participants in these programs have the opportunity to learn about other Catholic charity services that strengthen individuals, families, and their communities. The challenges for those dealing with food insecurity are especially great during the winter months. To learn how you can help those who are hungry in your neighborhood, visit catholiccharities.net or call 312-655-7525. That's 312-655-7525. Thank you for your generosity. I am a seminarian. The church needs compassionate and well-trained priests to help guide each of us through life. What inspires me, what draws me always to the priesthood is continue to see priests be a beacon of hope for other people. You can play a part in the education of these young men as they prepare for a life of service to others. I want to be that beacon of hope too, and it, it sets my heart on fire. To support our seminarians, make your gift at archchicago.org slash seminarianfund or call 312-534-7959. Ancestry and genealogy are more important every day. People all over the world are wanting to learn more about their family heritage for personal and for health reasons. At Catholic Charities, we are hearing from adults who lived for a brief time at St. Vincent's Orphanage, the wonderful life-affirming agency that operated out of our headquarters for 91 years, serving thousands of women, children, and families until it closed in 1972. Our post-adoption services help adults who want to learn more about their experience at St. Vincent's. Our compassionate staff members provide whatever family background information they can offer, along with support and reunion services. To learn more, call 312-655-7093. That's 312-655-7093. The spirit of St. Vincent's lives on in the inspiring stories that continue to emerge today. We're back, Catholic Chicago, WNDZ, 7.50 a.m., or you can go to youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. We're with Dr. Ed Gordon. Greg, you wanted to say why we're... Well, sure, because this being uh, February 28th, we are now with the mandates lifted here in Chicago, other parts of the city and the state, and that is we are in the studio together, masks are optional, which is, thank God, hope it stays this way, so that uh, Mark and I have not been in the studio together for several months within yes. separate studios, or we were previously together in the studio wearing masks, but as of Correct. today, uh, Monday the 20th, what? thank God, we're we going to a great way to end the month of February by uh, masks being optional. And can you explain how that works for Holy Name Cathedral? So starting then on Sunday, people coming to Mass, Masks will be optional. We hope to see more people slowly getting more crowded and um, sit where you want. And you have the choice to wear a mask or not to wear a mask. 
The mandate is no longer mandatory mask wearing for the cathedral, other parishes, or the Archdiocese of Chicago. So what about receiving communion then? You don't have to wear a mask coming up for communion? That would be correct. Okay. Now, I, I think for communion, I will presume, I, I, I may prefer to still wear a mask mm-hmm. at communion time, but to wear a mask coming forward, they do not have to. And it, uh, it's my understanding. But we'll learn more as we go along. But at least it's moving in the right direction. And then when you take me out to dinner, uh, we don't need the vaccination card anymore? Uh, well, carry your vaccination card, but I won't be taking off for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I, kind of fi- I kind of figured that. <laughs> unless, unless you're treaty. Let's well, make that real clear for our listeners. So, Ed, Ed we're back. And um, Yes. I had a question. Early on, you talked about, you know, the the deaths that this pandemic caused, but also the economic impact. Do you want to start uh, to talk to us about how do you see that? What, what's the impact right now? Well, uh, I just, I am a historical labor economist. That's how I earn my oh, money okay. as a history person, but I do a lot of work in economics for the workforce. And uh, right now, uh, the my predictions I just gave out, uh, I call this the twilight zone of 2022. Uh-oh. There are so many different variables happening around the world and within the United States. The economic situation is very unsettled. Just a moment ago, you talked about people being admitted to the hospital and dying, waiting for care. Right now, we are short in total about 2 million healthcare professionals. We were short that almost that many before COVID started. This uh, we're talking about around 450,000 doctors were short and over a million nurses were short, but we're also short lab technicians, radiology people, uh, you name it, uh, we don't have enough of them. Uh, There are many conditions that have brought this about with, uh, I'm a baby boomer, and by the end of this decade, 79 million baby boomers will have retired. So there are a lot of people leaving the workforce right now. And there are fewer people, younger people, entering the workforce that don't that does not counterbalance all the numbers leaving. At the same time, if you went to a hospital 20 years ago or 10 years ago, the technology now in hospitals is far more complex than it ever was, Mm -hmm. which means that the training that nurses and doctors and clinicians and and practical nurses and others receive is far more complex. So they need higher levels of reading and math skills, and they need advanced training. We simply do not have enough young people entering those professions. And one of the reasons why is about only a third of our high school graduates leave high school with the reading comprehension and math comprehension skills at the 12th grade level which is the foundation upon which you can build a career. And that's true if you want to be uh, a carpenter, a plumber, a auto technician, uh, you want to go into uh, IT, uh, you name the profession, 
Uh, it's more complex because we live in a very high-tech world where you need these skills in order uh, to get and keep a good job. Now, Edward, so, Edward you've mentioned yes. that we are about 2 million healthcare workers short, right. which is a staggering number. Before COVID, yes. we were about 2 million and about 2 million now. What's, what is the root cause of that? I mean, we're not well, the root cause, the, the, as I've just explained, the root cause is not enough young people are entering the workforce with the necessary education to enter those professions. No, my question is, but why? Second, but why? But no, are, are people uh, because we're because we're stuck in a 20th century model of education. When I graduated from high school, about a third of high school graduates read at the 12th grade level. Today, it remains the same. The economy has moved on. This is the fourth industrial revolution we're in now. You need more education and skills. So I'll give you an example. Let's just take an example. You went through rigorous training to become a priest, a college degree, and then postgraduate work. Many people in RCIA who I participate in, uh, both with you at the Holy at Holy Name and also here in the desert at Sacred Heart have commented to me how ministers in other churches aren't as rigorously educated as Catholic priests. Right. I agree with that. That's true. And it's not universal. But one of the reasons why is the Catholic faith has many layers of theology and philosophy and dogma. Uh, it's a much more complex religion. That's what's happened now. Yet we're treating it as if 1970 were still today. The basic skill jobs of 1970, folks, are gone. They are gone because technology has replaced them. You want to turn back the clock, okay? I wouldn't be here talking to you because you would not have this podcast with my voice and, and uh, uh, this video image. We'll get rid of all the cell phones. We'll throw out all the computers. Are we going to do that? I don't think so. I uh, had robotic surgery a few years ago. That didn't exist in 1970. Exactly. Are many people alive today who would be dead, but because of the advanced technologies and medical breakthroughs? Yes, many of us would be dead right now. We wouldn't be talking to you. What about your car? Uh, the electric cars that are coming in, in a decade or two decades, maybe the majority of cars will or be electric. Sooner. Yeah, sooner. Or sooner, that's right. And the auto technicians right now need a 16th grade level of reading comprehension to repair your current car. What will it be when you have an electric car, which is even more complex? There may be fewer parts to break, but to repair it, to reprogram the computers will be far more complicated. These aren't stupid jobs anymore. You don't take a kid who flunked out of algebra and throw him in to be a car monkey. Now these are auto technicians, and they're going to need better training, better reading, better math skills. Is this an international conspiracy? Oh, my God, the intellectuals are taking over the world. No, this is technology's advancement. You are profiting from it. No, so it's in interesting. You want to profit from it, you've got to get the education. It's Every kid's going to need a post-secondary certificate, apprenticeship, or degrees. Now, another factor, and we don't have a, 
another factor. Yeah, and we don't have enough kids coming out of public and private high schools who now we have around 13 million vacant jobs in the U.S. and over 30 million vacant jobs worldwide. This is not just a problem in the U.S. or Chicago or Illinois. This is the fourth industrial revolution now has outpaced our educational institutions and the aspirations of parents and students. Now we need more well-educated people. Another factor we're going to break in that is uh, that is uh, yeah. we have fewer children being born into our country, which means what used to be four, five, six, seven children per family is now one or two. So just fewer children being born to even be educated. Mark, take us to break. Sure. Uh, WNDZ, 7.50 a.m., Catholic Chicago. Or you can go to YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago. We're with Dr. Ed Gordon. We're speaking about the impact of not only the coronavirus virus on our, our economy, but also prior to that, how our economy and how job, um, the, the empty jobs that need to be filled need to be with educated folks. Anyway, we'll be back. Continue that conversation. And um, please stay tuned. the COVID-19 pandemic, Catholic Charities has continued to respond to the needs of people who come to us for assistance. More than 850,000 meals and food parcels have been offered to those who are struggling with food insecurity. Over 108,000 homelessness prevention hotline calls have been answered. Over 22,000 people have received mental health services and $2 million in financial assistance has been provided to keep people housed. If you or someone you know needs assistance, email us at gethelp at catholiccharities.net. That's gethelp at catholiccharities.net. Or call 312-655-7700. That's 312-655-7700. Before, during, and after COVID-19, Catholic Charities is here for you. We are at the Most Blessed Trinity Parish Food Pantry in Waukegan. And here we uh, care for people in need. There was definitely an uptick in the needs for services. We doubled our volume after COVID hit. From servicing about 250 families a week to about 500 a week. We supply bread, tortillas, vegetables, milk, cheese, butter, uh, proteins, fish, chicken, eggs. Well, the annual Catholic Appeal has been a tremendous help to us, especially over the past year and a half. Without the annual Catholic Appeal, we might have to close our doors. Um, our parish is the largest one in the Archdiocese, but it's very poor. We think about food and we think about nourishment, but we also nourish the soul, provide that connection to humanity. 
The good works here are made possible through the annual Catholic Appeal. Make your gift at annualcatholicappeal.com. The cemetery ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. We're back, WNDZ, 750 AM, Catholic Chicago. We're with Dr. Ed Gordon. You can go to youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago, and you can see the beautiful lake and tranquil setting in uh, Rancho Mirage, California. <laughs> on, uh, it's absolutely stunning, and we're both jealous. But And we're here in the studio, right. but together, Mark, because as of today— Chicago's lifted the mandate for masks, and so we can be reunited here in the studio. Exactly. There's diocese. That's why we are maskless and together in the studio, because the first day, hopefully moving forward, this also goes for uh, parishes and for schools in the Catholic schools in the archdiocese. So, uh, but again, as Dr. Gordon said earlier in the program, we are far from over, so it still does need caution, and please get vaccinated. Right. So... Dr. Ed, you're, historic yes. la- you're a historic labor economist. Last week on the show, we had Dan McGrath, who's the president of Leo High School, and he gave mm-hmm. us a tremendous statistic, I thought. He said 100% of their graduates enter college. Now, prior to break, you were talking about education being the key. Is that part of the solution? you got to get these great high schools that are prepping these folks to make sure that college is in their sights? Okay, yes. But remember this. The statistic right now across the U.S. of the students who enter post-secondary four-year degree programs, Mm -hmm. six years later, only about a third will have earned a degree. The rest will have dropped out. One of the reasons for this is that so many enter college and their educational skills are so poor that they cannot do the work. So I I mentioned this because this is not a magic wand. Mm -hmm. High school graduation rates have improved across the United States. Now, I know that Leo High School does a great job. My brother-in-law graduated from Leo a long time ago. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And Catholic high schools, you know, and, I'm sorry? That's, that's terrific. That's great. Yeah, yeah. And Catholic high schools do a greater job and have, a, a, I'm sure, have more students that graduate that read at a 12th grade level of reading comprehension. I can't emphasize that enough. 
whether it's numbers or letters that you, um, some people are math people, some people are, uh, uh, you know, literary types, mm -hmm. but you have to have a certain level of comprehension skill to go and complete an apprenticeship and become a carpenter or a plumber or uh, get a certificate and work in a chip factory to make chips for Intel. And maybe that's a one-year certificate or a four-year degree and become a, uh, a teacher. You know, right now we are short hundreds of thousands of teachers across the U.S. And one of the reasons why is we need more qualified people to enter uh, the teaching profession. And this is true. You know, when I talk about 13 million vacant jobs, it's spread across almost every business sector, not just healthcare. You need a plumber, try to get one and see how much you're going to have to pay. Right now, wage inflation is up and it's going to continue because we lack enough skilled, educated workers across the economy. So wage inflation, right now we have seven and a half percent inflation in general. And as this decade continues, unless we better prepare our youth and at the same time, train and retrain our current workers for the current technologies, we're going to see these severe uh, labor shortages increase, not decrease. This now, is something that I have been working on for many years. And uh, unfortunately, uh, a lot has been ignored and we have not done enough. Now, another aspect right? of this whole thing, Edward, is that in the last two years with COVID and e-learning, mm -hmm. school classrooms not present with children, but all this e-learning, so children yes. six, seven, eight hours a day in front of a screen to learn, they're now finding that children in third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade are behind academically in terms of reading skills and math skills because I don't care how you cut it, if I had to stand, if I had to sit before a computer six, seven hours a day, you just can't concentrate that long and you lose so many dimensions of being in the classroom, so thank God the schools are getting back together again with the children, but still, just talk for a moment about how much we've lost in the last two years academically, these children are behind their reading standards and their math standards and their English standards and all those uh, standards they, we have set. It's just made the, a bad situation worse. They were behind before COVID and now they're even further behind. There is a social component to learning. Mm -hmm. uh, blended is fine. I'm not saying to you that using computer-assisted instruction doesn't help a student. It, it's a tool, but it is not a substitute for having a well-educated, trained teacher in a classroom teaching students and also having group learning. The data clearly shows that most children and adults work better with blended learning. Mm -hmm. So a combination of classroom plus online learning. Uh, I mean, the two of you, how many Zoom programs, conferences have you gone through in the last two years? Are they as effective as when you had in-person? Do you, you get things done? Do you have a good discussion? You get, you, you get agreement. Well, you get, you know, I mean, you it's get, hard. You get distracted. 
you get distracted. And I think here's the other thing. You hit a very key yeah. point. When you're in the classroom, just that socialization of having your student friends, your classmates around you uh, during break time, go to the cafeteria together, playground outside in the gymnasium, that whole socialization is such a big part of education. And COVID has really set us back. But now hopefully moving forward, again, classroom teaching, socialization, you know, to be a young person today has been so difficult for what they have, they've had to go through and endure. And also regarding church, we're always talking about come together as the body of Christ, come together as a sense of community. What does COVID do? Stay home, isolate, and watch Mass on TV or turn the meeting on with the Zoom. But And don't forget, there's also two years. We have two new grandchildren, uh, and they were raised during these two years very differently than— uh, our other grandchildren were raised there. The interaction wasn't there. The distancing was there. The masks were there. And what I've noticed is there's a hesitancy in terms of now that things are starting to loosen up. But now, Mark, you said to me with your two youngest mm. that you were hesitant to hug them a year ago because of COVID. Oh, yeah. The, the, and it just changes the whole socialization dynamic of just the interaction between grandpa and your grandchildren. Well, think about your family celebrations. If you didn't have it, or even if you had it, you're waving to each other because uh, you're keeping your distance even though you're together. What about that, Ed? What about, you know, I just had this idea they're going to be studying that generation of kids that lived through this for a variety, in a variety of ways, not only academically, but socially, too. Well, there's no doubt about it that the social isolation the masking has contributed to poor education and also social and mental health problems. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt about it. On the other hand, if we had not done that, how many millions of dead would we have uh, now? You're right. You're Two million? Right. You're absolutely, Three million? You're absolutely right. So there is a cost. You know, the, the, this whole crisis has been a great cost. But thank God that we developed the vaccine that we didn't have in 1918. Yeah. Because in 1918, there were millions more dead because there never was a vaccine. It just had to burn out through herd immunity. They used to, that was the big thing. You remember at the beginning of this disaster. Herd immunity. No, this is the, you know, maybe it would have been better if we had called this the plague and people would understand that their lives were really at great at risk. risk. Right, exactly. Right. Now, we didn't do that because we didn't want people to panic. And as a result, maybe too many people thought, well, there has to be a simplistic explanation why this is happening. And this is where we have all of these crazy conspiracy theories, the politicalization of this whole issue, which was ridiculous. Um, so, uh, but coming back to what you're talking about, you're right. I mean, there has been a, a other ancillary costs that have hurt the economy and the mental health, social. Uh, look, look at now the offices. They're trying to get people to come back to work or have a mixture of working at home as well as working in an office. 
But people are social animals. People right. need people. Exactly. Okay, what's that Barbara right. Streisand? Barbara, Barbara Streisand song, People Who Need People, right? Mm -hmm. Well, we need people. And the church needs people. We're and the church needs people in the presence of God in church to receive the sacraments. I want to talk All to right? you about, we're going to take a little break, but when we get back, you're, you're right into a topic that I would love to explore with you, and that is the church. How do we approach this younger generation to embrace this church that looks differently than it did a couple years ago. We'll be back. WNDZ, 750 AM, Catholic Chicago. Father Greg Sackowitz, Mark Treacy here with Father Greg. Or you can go to youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. We'll be back with Dr. Ed Gordon and explore those questions about church. How are we going to look different uh, in the future? And what about that younger generation that we're handing this church to? We'll be back in a few minutes. Please stay tuned. Charities, we fight hunger in Chicago throughout the year. Our six regional offices in Cook and Lake Counties work together to offer sit-down and to-go meals to anyone in need. We deliver meals to those who are homebound, and our eight food pantries offer three to four days of food supplies based on household size. Participants in these programs have the opportunity to learn about other Catholic charity services that strengthen individuals, families, and their communities. The challenges for those dealing with food insecurity are especially great during the winter months. To learn how you can help those who are hungry in your neighborhood, visit catholiccharities.net or call 312-655-7525. That's 312-655-7525. Thank you for your generosity. I feel special. <laughs> I feel great. I got good grades. We've seen a huge surge in our kids now meeting or exceeding grade level. Come check us out. You may have never thought we were an option before. Ancestry and genealogy are more important every day. People all over the world are wanting to learn more about their family heritage for personal and for health reasons. At Catholic Charities, we are hearing from adults who lived for a brief time at St. Vincent's Orphanage, the wonderful, life-affirming agency that operated out of our headquarters for 91 years, serving thousands of women, children, and families until it closed in 1972. Our post-adoption services help adults who want to learn more about their experience at St. Vincent's. Our compassionate staff members provide whatever family background information they can offer, along with support and reunion services. To learn more, call 312-655-7093. 
That's 312-655-7093. The spirit of St. Vincent's lives on in the inspiring stories that continue to emerge today. We're back, WNDZ, 7.50 a.m., Catholic Chicago. You can go to youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. We're with Dr. Ed Gordon, Father Greg Sackwitz, Mark Teresi here with Dr. Ed Gordon, a historic labor economist. Now I'm going to switch gears a little bit because you're also a very faithful and dedicated uh, parishioner at Holy Name Cathedral, and you have your observations about church. So as we're looking at the pandemic, and we're looking, I hope, pray to God, coming out of it to some degree, you know, we were at a meeting, Greg and I were at a meeting, a new My Church meeting with some folks, and, you know, the young adult at the table, it hit me, we're going to be with this church a little bit, a little bit longer, they're going to be with this church for decades, so what's your take on that, what, what, what are you? What are we looking at in terms of the church that they're inheriting, not only after this pandemic, but even before the pandemic, in terms of involvement and vitality? Well, I, you know, I'm happy that you brought this up because I'm about to do a three-part series here in the desert at Sacred Heart Church for RCIA. Oh. And the, uh, we start well you know i've been doing this on the radio with you guys Mm -hmm. or with this program we started in the early church the medieval church right and then the third part is the modern church and the the the, there are really two major issues that the modern church faces first is uh we need more clergy Mm -hmm. we have a crisis of a lack of uh clergy priests, brothers, and sisters. And the reason this is happening is we are now in this postmodern era, which denigrates religion, which undermines the concept of uh, being uh, part of an organized religion. People may be spiritual, but they only want to define that based on their own their own revelation for their from their own lives. Uh, theology, philosophy, and history are, are useless. Dogma is anathema to them, all right? So part of the problem, I, I think, is we need to get back to the grassroots of Catholicism. Too many Catholics have been raised, including in my generation, without understanding the rich history of the Roman Catholic Church, how our dogmas were developed, how, um, besides the dogmas, how doctrines uh, have evolved over the past 2,000 years, and the rules of Catholicism. What all this means, why grace from God is so important through the sacraments, why people, why do people still convert to Catholicism? Every year, 40,000 Americans 
convert to Catholicism across the United States. Why, why does this happen? Mm -hmm. uh, these are, I, I think, very important issues. And we're wrapped up right now. And part of this is the COVID debate, where there is no truth, where experts are denigrated, where people who are educated are now suspect. Uh, this is part of this whole postmodernist era that rose out of Europe after the Second World War in France that challenged history, that challenged uh, the way in which uh, the Catholic Church and other religions operated, that basically said there is no truth. You make up the truth on your own by yourself. Each day when you wake up, you decide what's right and wrong. This leads to what we see, anarchy. We see um, also nihilism, where people define life as they want to define it. This has led to a lot of confusion. Yes. That's why, as a historian, uh, what I'm saying to you is we, we're in this twilight zone era of the 21st century, now, Ed, along where those... people are, are confused. Yes. Now, along right? those lines, because we've got a few minutes left here, it's been a fascinating hour, because we could go three hours mm -hmm. with you on this Monday morning. And that is, if you connect what you just said about church, and going back to yes. COVID and your specialty being the workplace and job, you do job shock and tremendous research on the yes. whole uh, workplace is yes. how has COVID the last two years directly affected the workplace? Well, it's made things worse because now we have even a larger number of individuals who are not in the workplace, who are not being trained, and the next generation of young people who need more education have received less education because it's been limited too much to just online learning. So COVID is a disaster. That's why I wrote Job Shock, as you well know, Father Greg. You were there when we unveiled it in Chicago last September. Mm -hmm. It's made things worse. But these issues have been around for a long time. Postmodernism is a plague on this country and the world. It is undermining religion. It's undermining our trust in government. And we need to educate people about it, what it is doing, and why the dogmas and doctrines of the Catholic Church are as true today as they were in the past. Okay, an off, off question in terms of economies. A baseball question. Yeah. What's going on uh, with these negotiations with with uh, baseball? Where do you think it's going to end up from an economist uh, point of view? Things are so fractured right now. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I am going to defer this question to Father Greg. He is the expert, what, not me, on baseball. What do you, <laughs> what do you think? What do you well, think? Well, see, what it comes down to, I mean, it's so complicated and both sides have dug in. First of all, you've lost a part of preseason, which in Scottsdale and Florida are big economy boosters. In Scottsdale, Phoenix, oh, yeah, different parts time. of the state of Florida. And now they say if this is not settled by today, maybe tomorrow, you're, you're putting jeopardy the start of baseball season on time. And, and trust me, baseball is truly America's pastime. People, by and large, you may not follow it closely, but it's it's a great game. It's been with us for a very long time. 
is a tremendous boost to the economy. But the last two years, because of COVID, one season being lost, no fans, and last year, uh, other effects just coming back from COVID, is if, if, if this is a strike season, shortened season, it's going to really affect people. Are people going to walk away from the game? Yeah. They're going to say, "I'm done with baseball." It's all about money, which is a big part of it. It, it, it. Baseball is a big business. There's no question. And but again, it it deals with something you said before, Ed, and that is that we live in a world today very nihilistic. Mm-hmm. What's in it for me? And, and I'm all for people getting the best possible wage, but we are now so. Inflation right now is running away with us um, and for us that I really fear what's going to be happening one or two years down the road. Maybe just in 30 seconds, a closing thought, Edward. What are you, give us Well, I think thought. you're right. I think it is symptomatic of what I was just talking about. Exactly. exactly. There has to be a sense, there has to be a sense of community here within these sports teams. Uh, is what is this all about? Is this about primarily money and advertising, or is it about physical prowess and excellence, whether it's football or golf or baseball or whatever? We've lost, we've lost our sense of reality here. Mm -hmm. And are people's personal selfishness more important than the concept of community that baseball provides as a recreational activity for everyone? and football and all these other sports and the workplace and the workplace right and in the workplace and in our sense of belief systems uh, what is right and wrong all right let me ask you the last 30 seconds did you see 10 years ago i know you don't have a crystal ball but 10 years ago did you see this direction moving at this time yes you did Wow. Yes, I did. Yes. I yes, I did. I've been writing about this from a workplace standpoint for a long time. But postmodernism has been around now for quite some time and is infecting. See, most people don't even know these words, postmodernism. Right. But it has been infecting and spreading throughout our society and causing more division and chaos. Instead of agreement, it is causing Division. fracturing and chaos. We need to bring the program right. to a close. We want to thank in a very special way on his birthday. Happy birthday. Dr. Excellent. Edward Gordon has been a tremendous guest. Well, hold so, it. Now, Father Greg, oh, yeah. though, you haven't you haven't had your so we're gonna close with your birthday celebration for oh. you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> for our listeners. For listening, well, thank you very much, Edward. And thank you also to Mark Teresi, to Michael May. On that beautiful note, Edward, you're a real party animal. God bless our listeners. Have a great week. <laughs>